Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom and insights to help you to lead, manage and coach in football, sports and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to the Leader Manager Coach podcast. It's Rob Riles welcoming you to another edition. Really great to have you with us. Now today's podcast is dictated by events that have occurred this week and the two events that have occurred this week that are part of life have really brought home to me and underlined and made me understand in a in a way that I kind of understood before but this has underlined the 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 reason that I started this podcast and essentially the reason that I started this podcast just to introduce the the topic or the subject is because I wanted to help inspire and get out there a message about life. And the subject of this podcast is, to all intents and purposes, about leadership. It's also about management, again, with a relationship to leadership, and about coaching, because... As you, you are aware, the, the one of the great passions, if not the great passion from a professional point of view in my life is, is football. And this week in the United Kingdom, in England, we have seen the passing of two great people. Two great people in the world of professional football. One of them being Gordon Banks, the iconic goalkeeper who was a member of the 1966 England World Cup winning team and the acclaimed coach from Manchester United, Eric Harrison, who was the coach for the class of 92. And I've been reading some of the obituaries and some of the comments and some of the fallout following the passing of these two human beings and there couldn't be more appropriate material or there couldn't be more appropriate sentiments which characterise certainly what I believe and what I think needs to be got out there and shared. And I don't, it doesn't happen all too often, but I don't mind saying that I was profoundly affected by some of the comments that I read and I want to share some of them with you and share and discuss some of the messages that are behind that because I think there are profound life lessons for all of us no matter what field we're in, business, property, professional football, athletics, swimming, leadership, whatever it is, family, profound lessons that we can take and it's too much just to let them pass. So, Eric Harrison, 
was a guy that, and again, there's a message in this. There was somebody who I only came across probably after the class of 92 had become famous. So the David Beckhams, the Nevilles, the Scholes, the Butts, who were all fundamental parts of the class of 92, who became integral parts of the Manchester United success. Behind them was a youth coach called Eric Harrison, and I read a book following the success of Manchester United and, and the these players in their team about Eric Harrison, a really small red book. And I thought, wow, you know, there, there's some real key, simple fundamentals in this. And then this week we had the passing of Eric and the David Beckhams of this world and the Nevilles all came out along with some other extremely famous people and talked about Eric Harrison. And when you see the power of the words of these people, it makes you realize that there was something in Eric Harrison that was profoundly special. And there are lessons in there for me. Sir Alex Ferguson is quoted as saying about Eric Harrison, that he was one of the greatest coaches of our time. And for somebody like Sir Alex, who is possibly the most successful manager, depending upon which viewpoint you take, and we've already discussed that in a previous podcast, but you know it, it's undoubted that he's up there. Sir Alex Ferguson to say that he is one of the greatest coaches is not to be taken lightly. And for Alex Ferguson not only praised his ability as a coach, but actually made the comment that he was able to make good human beings out of young players. Now, here's the greatest, allegedly, supposedly, possibly the greatest club manager of our time who is talking about one of the greatest coaches in Eric Harrison. He doesn't talk about Harrison's ability to help players bend a free kick. He doesn't talk about Harrison's ability to help players to see what how the opposition are playing and, and, and to adapt to that and to beat a player 1v1 and to, and to know when to drive inside or to know how to shoot with the outside of your left foot or know when to lay it off and do a third, you know, go for a one-two or look at for a third man run or when to when to, to sit back and, and play two banks of four. He talks about nothing at all about that. What he talks about is how to make good human beings out of young players. Now, if there's not something profound in that, I, I don't know what is. Ferguson goes on to say that Eric was straight talking. So he, he, he spoke a truth. He says he built character and determination in young players. And he prepared them for the future. He says he was a teacher. He gave them choices. But light or lit up paths for them. And he did it in Sir Alex's words, through his own hard work and sacrifice. And he was 
an importer of education to the young. So, the, so the, one of the greatest managers of our time talks about character, determination, preparing people for the future, teaching, education, sacrificial acts of his own and hard work. Where in that is there any reference at all to tactical or technical information? There is not an ounce of it throughout the whole spectrum of Sir Alex's words about Eric Harrison. And if we go on to look at the words of David Beckham and others who I will come to in a minute, it's all about Eric Harrison's ability and influence in areas that have so little to do with the technical aspects of football. And there is certainly in that a lesson. Actually, David Beckham, he says on more than one occasion that one of the things that sticks out for him was Eric's words. No more Hollywood passes. And yes, that is a technical reference. But we all get it. And as coaches, we understand he's actually saying, play simply. Play the simple pass. Do what you see. Play what's in front of you and move on. There's a lesson in life about that, isn't there? It's like, do what you need to do that's in front of you now. And essentially, we can't control the rest. But don't try to do something that's going to change the whole world in one go, in one second, because it's likely to fail. And that kind of philosophy doesn't really work. What does work is doing what's in front of us now, simply and effectively, and repeating, repeating, repeating. Beckham talks about Eric having a proud smile or having a loud or demonstrating his displeasure, should I say, with a loud bang of his fist. There was no bones about it, according to Beckham. There was no, no doubt that you knew where you stood. And I think sometimes in this world of ours today, we're actually pushed along a path where it's actually not seen to be politically correct or it's not seen to be appropriate to actually display your emotions in a way that lets people know whether you're really happy or you're really displeased. And according to David Beckham, who has gone on to have an amazing career, more importantly, says Beckham, he made us understand how to work hard, respect each other, not only on the pitch. We will not forget his life lessons. And Eric, we love you and we owe you everything. Now, I don't know about you as a coach. I don't know about you as a person. And I don't know about you as a leader. But how would you like it on your obituary if somebody said about you that they wouldn't forget the life lessons that you taught them, that they loved you and they felt like they owed you everything? I don't think in, in a short sentence there's much more that anybody could possibly say about a person that would mean more and that's from a footballer to a coach it's not about his parent 
It's not about his sister or his brother. It's about his coach. Phil Neville describes Eric as a second father. Gary Neville says, He was our mentor. He was our coach. And this is the even more profound bit. He was the man who made us. Now imagine being an established England international footballer. The top of your game. One of the very best. At your time. In your industry. Who's played for one of the best clubs in the world. Has been successful beyond most people's wild imaginations. And is actually saying. This man. Who the world didn't really know. He wasn't a a Jose Mourinho. He wasn't a Pep Guardiola. He wasn't, you know, um, a World Cup winning manager that everybody, a Sir Alf Ramsey or, or a Bob Paisley or a Bill Shankly. He was Eric Harrison. And he was the man who made us. Neville goes on to say in even more detail, which is absolutely phenomenal for me. And young people out there, young coaches out there, old coaches out there, leaders, managers, if you're in business and you like this podcast, whatever role of life you're in, if you're a family person and you like this podcast, he talks about Eric Harrison being concerned about life on and off the pitch. He was concerned about, according to Neville, the way you spoke to the canteen ladies, the way you spoke to the kit man, how you dressed, your timekeeping. They were values that stood us in good stead, said Neville. In good stead for the rest of our lives. He was a truly remarkable man. And I'll say this, which underlines what Beckham said. I personally owe him everything. It's it's quite... What's the word I'm looking for? It's actually quite stark in, 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 its, in its meaning. When somebody actually says that you're remarkable and that you, they personally owe you everything. And when you, when you look at the words that these people use to describe him, this man is probably everything, if I may say this, that, that we as coaches, we as leaders, we as managers as influencers that we need to be aiming for. A quiet man who went about his own business, spent nearly three decades at one club, didn't get paid millions of pounds for winning European trophies, didn't get paid millions of pounds for being on television, for being a pundit, for being on social media, for being on Facebook, for having X million followers on Facebook and earning millions of pounds for tweets. He was a man who embodied what he had as a passion, who cared about what he did. He cared about the people who were within his group. And the proof of the puddings in the eating, that those people he cared for went on to become two things. They became phenomenally successful professionally, 
And when you look at it and you read the words that they said, he prepared them to become excellent, efficient human beings. It's powerful stuff, ladies and gentlemen. It's powerful stuff. Football, sport is just the catalyst. This is life. Eric Harrison was life. There are lessons from Eric. Gary Neville said, in addition, he taught us how to play. So yes, he taught them how to play the game. How to never give up. That's a psychological thing. That's a determination thing. That's in the psychological corner. And that applies to every aspect of life. And how important it was for us to win our individual battles, to deal with what's in front of us, whether that's on a football pitch, it's in a business meeting, it's in a family, meaningful conversation. It's about life. Moving away from Manchester United, class of 92, Robbie Savage is quoted as saying that he still has a letter which Eric Harrison wrote to him when he was released by Manchester United. Let me ask you a question. How many letters have you written to boys or girls who've been released from your club? It was this letter that was the reason I did not give up, said Savage. And for that letter, I will always be so thankful. We never know how or what the effects of our acts are and the words of encouragement that we give. We never, ever know. Ryan Giggs talks about Eric being a great man. He talks about him being a tough coach. So here's somebody who's tough. Now, we can, we can guess at best we weren't there what Giggs means by tough. He probably was somebody who didn't compromise on his principles. He was probably, and I don't know this, I'm guessing, was somebody who raised his voice that instilled some fear but the people in his care knew what Eric's standards were. And according to Giggs, he instilled in us the principles of the game that we've carried for life. So these people who became some of the most successful professional individuals are all saying that he was the reason. They're actually saying he was the reason, the reason why they became successful. That is so powerful, it is untrue. How many of you out there would like to live a life or would aim to live a life where the people at your funeral would be able to say those things hand on heart? I think we could all say that we've lived our life to our max, if that was the case. Stephen Covey talks about it in his book, The Seven Principles of Highly Effective People. If you, the starting point for us to design our lives is to imagine ourselves, let's take ourselves into the future. And, and you know, the, I make no bones about talking about this. Ryan Holiday talks about it all the time. The great philosophers talk about it all the time. We need to be comfortable with our own mortality. And at some point, we won't be on this earth. But when that time comes, how do we want people to talk about us? How do we want people to remember us? Because that is the starting point probably our next action. And 
John Hartson finally talks about Eric as a lovely man. Now, I don't know about you, but all that's profound. And there are other parallels. Eric wasn't a guy who played for United or played for Liverpool and scored a thousand goals and did this and did that. He played for Halifax, for Hartlepool, for Barrow and for Southport. He had a career like many, many great leaders that was littered with lower leagues, maybe non-league. But maybe it was that like it did with many, many managers, whether you know you talk about Ferguson, you talk about Mourinho and Wenger and people who didn't didn't play it at the very, very top of the game in the in the in the Champions League or the European Cup, but became great leaders. But Eric Harrison, I, I, I truly believe that the message of your life is one that as coaches we can all we can all carry forward. First and foremost, you cared about the people that were under your care. I think the lesson there, folks, is do we care about the people in our care? I think we, the concentration of life principles and how to act as a human being stands out above all else. How to be in the game itself is secondary because that's what all these great players are saying. And when all said and done, Eric's leadership was considered to be the greatest form of leadership because the greatest leaders are those we don't hear, we don't see, but we know are there. And all these people knew Eric was there. It's just that probably the majority of the football world until now didn't. This is an example of how to lead, how to manage, and how to coach. And the second passing that's occurred this week has also had a, a personal impact upon myself. It's Gordon Banks. It's had a personal effect because Gordon comes from where I live. I'm a I'm local to where to where Gordon lives, and I was brought up with my family supporting Stoke City, of which Gordon was an integral part. I was brought up in the era when England had just won the World Cup, and Banksy was his zenith of his, of his career. And Gordon Banks passed away this week, and when you read some of the obituaries again just like parallels with Eric. They're absolutely phenomenal. Allegedly, supposedly, and probably, the greatest footballer in the world, Pele, the greatest, scored over a thousand first-class goals. He talks about Gordon Banks as his friend. My friend, he says, you were a goalkeeper with magic. Now, that's coming from the greatest footballer in the world. You were a goalkeeper with magic. And here's the best bit. But you were also so much more. You were a fine human being. That's from Pelé about Banksy. The whole of the German football team, the Germany football team, it says, 
Gordon, you were a fierce opponent. And here's the best bit. And a good man. Gary Lineker. One of the greatest goalkeepers of all time. And here's the best bit. And such a lovely man. The obituaries go on and on and on. And I'm not going to read them all. In fact, I haven't got them all in front of me. But the obituaries come from Sir Bobby Charlton, a teammate from 1966. From decades later, Raheem Sterling. So, you know, you could even forgive Raheem Sterling for hardly knowing, you know, not for not knowing who Banksy was, but he he comes from an era that's, that's later on. But... He, he is affected. Now, personally, I know that Gordon was heavily, heavily involved in charity work. He didn't shout about it. He didn't go on social media about it. He wasn't on the news about it. He went about it quietly in his own way and did enormous amounts for local charities. So Stanley Matthews was the president of Stoke City Football Club until his death. Who replaced him? Gordon Banks. And when you read the, the obituaries from Gordon's ex-club teammates, it appears that Gordon's simple philosophy of life continued. That he still met up with his teammates. They couldn't run anymore. So they walked. They had a weekly walk where the greats like Dennis Smith and Jackie Marsh and McPedgick Used to meet up, ex-teammates, chew the fat. I don't know, maybe had a coffee, but they walked. And that's what they did because it was camaraderie, it was community, and it was togetherness, and it was friendship. And we can also look at Gordon's life, as well as these amazing people in the, in the industry who, again, let's look at the parallels with Eric Harrison. They all talk about Banksy as human being, not just a phenomenal craftsman, a phenomenal professional, probably the greatest of all time, you know, and I'm not even going to go into the technical details. I'm not a goalkeeping coach, but I do love the game. And everybody who you talk to will tell you that you didn't see Banksy flying across the goal. You didn't see him arching his back, stretching out and tipping balls over the bar with his fingertips. You didn't see him diving and tipping things around the post. You saw Banksy on his feet, catching the ball, simply catching the ball. Because as his defenders used to say, Banksy always seemed to be in the right place at the right time. And he was like that. So, you know, he was a great in that respect. But when you read the obituaries and, you know, when you're fortunate enough like myself to be able to have followed his life a little bit because of, because of him being in the local community, he was a great man. And what a great accolade. What a great accolade as a human being for people to say about you. Not only were you absolutely amazing at what you did, but you managed to maintain the integrity and the, the ability to be a humble, giving 
human being at the same time. And that's even more underlined by the fact that when you read about Gordon's life as a youngster, he was initially let go as a teenager. And he went into the coal industry to bag coal because he was released. He could have easily given up, felt it was all over, but he got a second chance like so many people. So if you're a young player out there and you get a second chance, you grasp it with both hands. And if you haven't had your second chance yet, maybe you should keep believing. And then after the World Cup victory, when he was still as a goalkeeper at the top of his game, he suffered a career-ending injury when he was blinded in one eye in a car accident. And Gordon talks about that in detail. But what he doesn't do is he doesn't cry. He doesn't ask for pity. He just accepts. And when you read about it, it's so touching how he accepts the fact that he could not reach the levels he needed to reach because of his disability. But as the great Stoics will, will tell you, he accepted what life threw at him and he moved on. And despite the, the adversity, he still maintained his, his love of football. And as people have written, Banksy continued and, and, and evolved and was still that great human being. So Eric and Gordon, I didn't know you personally, but you have left us with some amazing life lessons. And I feel privileged to be able to share them. And whether you like or resonate, probably is a better word, with, with what I've talked about, um, I really hope you do. Because I think in those these two human beings whose lives this coming week will, or in the next few days, I'm sure, will be celebrated by people who loved them and people who worked with them and the industry as a whole. I'd like to just say thanks to both of you and may we all take the lessons you showed us and if we can move a little bit towards the way you lived your lives, I'm sure we'll all be better as leaders, as managers, as coaches and human beings. As always, thanks for your time and uh, catch you again. Bye-bye.